DJ Simulationistas. Sup? With Dr. D, Dan Raymer, and Dr. J, Janice Palaganis, coming at you from the Center for Medical Simulation in Boston, Massachusetts. So buckle up your mannequin and let's roll. Welcome to DJ Simulationista Sup. You're here with Janice Pelaganis and Dan Raymer, and we have a special surprise for you. Sup, Janice. Sup, Dan. So I understand we're talking about SSH today, Society for Simulation and Healthcare. Yes. An organization near and dear to my heart. The one you started, yeah. I did start it, yes. It's my one claim to fame. I uh, uh, was hanging around talking to my friend David Feinstein back in the early uh, mid-1990s, and we were driving to uh, to uh, Tucson from Phoenix, and we had this long discussion about how there should be a simulation society, and uh, David said, you're the perfect guy to start it because, um, I don't know why he thought that, and, uh, and so I just asked everybody who was involved in simulation at the time, all 20 of them or so, uh, whether uh, it would be a good idea, and they all said no. Um, and so I uh, actually then did a survey. So I thought I would use a little science here, and so I distributed a survey at the Society for Technology and Anesthesia meeting, uh, whose topic that year happened to be simulation, and uh, asked people whether there should be a society and whether it should be an electronic society or real society or anything like that. And sure enough, the votes came back and people said all sorts of things, uh, not, none of which uh, was really a consensus. And so I just pretended there was a consensus and I said, we're going to start this thing. And I got up on the stage and said, everybody send me $25 and we'll have a society. Sure enough, people did. People handed me cash and wrote checks and I thought, oh my God, what did I get into? Uh, and so uh, uh, Beverly Anderson, who was the executive director of the Society for Technology and Anesthesia at the time said, Dan, um, you know, I, I'm happy to finish my tenure at STA and it would be really fun for you and I to try to start this society. So, um, uh, so we did. And uh, the first thing that happened is we needed to have a meeting and so we planned the very first international meeting on healthcare simulation, uh, a simulation in healthcare, IMSH, uh, uh, the very first IMSH. And what she, year was that, Dan? Uh, I think it was, I think it was 2000 or 2001. I, I don't remember the year exactly. But what I do remember is Beverly uh, did some planning and then she handed me this contract with a hotel uh, that guaranteed that we would fill this hotel with happy people attending this conference. Well, we didn't even actually have a society and I had no guarantee that anybody was going to come to it. And it said at the bottom that the signer was responsible for the funds to support the hotel over these this week. 
And so I basically signed this paper knowing that they would take my house away if uh, <laughs> people didn't come to the meeting, uh, which was a great incentive for me to encourage people to come. I didn't have to do much arm twisting. Uh, so, ladies came. and gentlemen, I am at the started so that Dan wouldn't lose his house. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so, I kept my house. Uh, we started the society. I remember the first meeting. The, the, the funny thing about that first meeting is um, there were nine companies that signed up to exhibit. And, uh, and so that was going to be our exhibit area. And we thought that's a little bit lame to have fewer than 10. So we made up a couple of organizations, <laughs> including our own, and set up booths so that we would have more than 10 exhibits <laughs> and we could advertise that. So, <laughs> so it, it started from uh, kind of uh, piecemeal beginnings, but... Uh, Today, as most people listening to this podcast know, that uh, it, it now has, you know, 3,000, 3,500 members, and the IMSH meeting is phenomenal with uh, hundreds of exhibitors and it's thousands humongous of now. So it's uh, it's really, uh, really grown from its humble wait, beginning. Wait, wait, do you have video from the first one that we could play at the one coming up? Because that would be so cool. I don't know of any. Showing the nine exhibits. And this was this was before one. they had cameras. <laughs> <laughs> we came. We all showed up in our wagon trains. Uh, uh, we had uh, Jordan came on a mule the first year. And <laughs> <laughs> all right. So uh, talking about Jordan, um, we have invited the 2018 IMSH Planning Committee to tell us a little bit about what's coming our way. And so we are excited to uh, introduce our podcasting crew today, which is uh, composed of Roxanne Gardner, Jordan Hallows, and Jill Sanko. So um, I'd like to just um, introduce Roxanne Gardner. I'll start with you, Roxanne. So Dr. Gardner is an assistant professor of obstetrics, gynecology, and reproductive biology at Harvard Medical School and faculty member of the Department of Obstetrics and gynecology at Brigham and Women's Hospital, where she helped develop and co-direct a simulation-based perinatal team training and drills. In 2002, she joined the Center for Medical Simulation to co-direct a simulation-based team training program for labor and delivery clinicians. And currently, she also serves as the Senior Director for Clinical Programs and Director of the Simulation Fellowship and International Scholars Program. Roxanne wears many, many hats. She is my co-principal investigator for the CMS virtual campus that we're building this year. Um, and not to mention my office mate. Wonderful <laughs> to have you here, Roxanne. Thank you. It's such a pleasure and, and a thrill to be asked to be part of DJ Simulationistas. Oh. So. And uh, I guess I'm supposed to introduce Jordan Hallis, who is currently the operations manager at Vanderbilt University Medical Center, uh, Center for Experiential Learning and Assessment, CELA. Uh, Jordan also held the position of operations manager at the University of Miami School of Nursing and Health Studies. And he started his simulation career at the Center for Medical Simulation in 1994 
and was the director of operations from 2001 through 2010. Uh, Jordan has been a member of SSH since its inception and has held many positions on numerous committees and past co-chair of the Simulation and Technology SIG and chair of the Simulation Operations and Technology section, SOTS. Uh, I know Jordan because we started together. Uh, uh, he was at the Center for Medical Simulation before I was. And when I joined, uh, we became uh, uh, best buddies and uh, ran through simulations from the very, very, very early days. We spent many hours moving equipment around and mannequins and trying to make them work before they uh, actually had much uh, successful technology associated with them. Uh, we actually never got along very well because um, Jordan is much taller than me. And, uh, and so whenever we would put things away, I would put them away in a normal place, and Jordan would always put them on a shelf out of my reach. And so that was always a... Uh, That's a, a nice strategy, a, Jordan. A, yeah, it was just like he made himself, he made himself oh, essential. Because I would go, where is this? Where is this? And someone would say, look up, look up. Jordan <laughs> put it away. And so I always had to get him. And then I would love to introduce my dear friend, the lovely Jill Sanko. Dr. Sanko began her career in simulation and patient safety at the NIH, National Institutes of Health, as the founding associate director of the simulation and patient safety program, and later at the University of Miami Jackson Memorial Center for Patient Safety as a simulation education and research specialist. Currently, she is an uh, assistant professor at University of Miami School of Nursing and Health Studies, where she teaches in the undergraduate nursing program. As of late, she's been teaching the seminar in interprofessional education, so ITE, and the interprofessional patient safety courses. She's been active in SSH ever since I've joined SSH. I know Jill has been extremely active. First as a co-chair of the Nursing Special Interest Group, and later as the 2011-2013 chair of the Membership Committee. She's also served on several other committees, including the Research Committee, Nominations Committee, and the SSH Academy Task Force. She's also enjoyed uh, helping shape the IMSH conference as one of the first immersive track chairs. Thank you so much for doing that, Jill. And as a member of the Scientific Contents Committee for IMSH 2013, 14, and 2015, with the most recent appointments as the co-chair of the program Innovation Track in 2016. Um, and currently, she is having a blast. I think you are, maybe not, maybe you guys are tired of each other by now, planning IMSH as a planning chair. And uh, she also is a proud certified healthcare simulation educator advanced and soon to be inaugurated fellow of the Academy of the Society for Simulation Healthcare. Congratulations, Jill. Actually, the important thing to know about Jill is I met her first about 25 years ago what when she first? was 20 years old. Oh, really? And she's still 20 years old. Thank you, Ponce de Leon. <laughs> So let's talk about 2018 IMSH. Thank you, Jill, for creating the immersive track because I am just 
sick of death by PowerPoint. <laughs> and I just came back from another conference and it was all PowerPoint. So, so are I you guys going to ban PowerPoint? No, but I can't take credit for... So while I was one of the first chairs of the Amherst track, I believe it was the brainchild of Walter Epic. And that's where it came from. It was brilliant because we do things in simulation. We okay. learn by doing. That's our motto. That's how we teach. So the immersive track fits that well. And uh, it was fun to do. And I was super happy to hand it off to the wonderful Roxanne Gardner, who has just recently uh, <clears throat> passed that baton. Passed the baton. Uh-huh. So can you um, let our audience know what makes IMSH different than other conferences? So from my perspective, I think what makes it really unique is that you have such a broad array of professionals from various disciplines and specialties, both within the medical field, the education field, the operations and simulation technician field. It's just so powerful to have all of that input and the various perspectives on promoting healthcare simulation forward. Yeah, you know, that's my favorite part about it too, yeah. the interprofessional nature. It's just, it's it's probably the most interprofessional conference in society I've ever been a part of. And I find it so yeah, dynamic and, and there's so much networking and talking and interacting and and you get your hands on in the various workshops and or the immersive track, you really get to immerse into a simulation if you've never had that experience before or very new. It's so powerful. Typically, if you go to a meeting, let's say the ASA meeting or the uh, meeting of the College of Surgeons, it's a bunch of anesthesiologists or a bunch of surgeons that get together and do their thing. Well, with the IMSH, as you've already suggested, you get a varied group of individuals from the technology side all the way up to the uh, MD side with the education side and so forth. And it's one of the few conferences that I can think of where you get this group, this large group of many different uh, expertise that come together and just network and learn and bring ideas to one another and so forth. It's easy to imagine that um the three of you each being from a different discipline is one way to get that diversity and maintain that diversity. But I think uh, that that could also not work out. So like, what is on, what is it in the way that you guys have worked together that sustains that diversity? How, how do you go about sustaining that diversity? You know, from my perspective, it's not as hard to sustain it because it's been so well established. I don't, I mean, I obviously wasn't there in 2000 when this started, but I've been at um, every conference except for one since 2009, I think. And it's easy to maintain something that already had a really strong foundation of being interprofessional. And I can't imagine us doing this any other way. And so when we sat down to do the programming, we just, sort of use the strong foundation that was already there and, and built upon it and always kept in mind that we had a variety of people attending and that variety could be from different disciplines or different needs in terms of being a novice or an expert. And so we just tried to create something that fit everyone. You know, that's so interesting, Jill, because uh, had you been around in 2000, I think what you would have seen is a very great collective fear that 
that it was impossible to maintain an organization that was so multi, multifaceted, um, so diverse, uh, because there was this just constant fear that one group or another would dominate, would take it over. And in those days, we, you know, the, there were a lot of anesthesiologists involved. They all thought that the surgeons would take over. There were others that thought that nursing, nursing by its numbers would uh, dominate the society. And somehow that hasn't happened. And so I, I just, I'm, I'm just so curious to hear you say that, gee, it's already established. It's hard to even hurt it. We, we don't even, you know, do that much actively to maintain that. But that, Dan, by the same token, over the years, and because of the brilliant idea that you had to, and then the will to make the society happen, and, and maybe partly because of the fear that any one discipline would take over and dominate the society, what, what it gave birth to were societies within, simulation societies within those fields. So the pediatric community has their own simulation society. The nursing community has their simulation society. Um, there's examples of that in, in the other disciplines as well. Europe has its own simulation society. But the beauty of SS, the Society for Simulation, members from all of those groups come back and, and I think regard that as like the home base. So I'm thinking of our listeners that have never been to IMSH. Can you tell the group what is in store? What we can expect? give us some sneak peeks, can't we? The excitement, I think, that's going to be generated is primarily, you know, the location is Los Angeles and we're right downtown in the heart of the city, right at the Staples Center area. And so that brings a, a real amount of dynamism. And then just within the LA community, it's known for the Hollywood, the theatrics. And so we, the, the, my colleagues and I in the planning committee immediately thought of, of, you know, mission impossible, like make it, let's make the impossible possible. And so that gave rise to our theme. And as part of that, we're going to do some really cool, neat things. And, and one of them that I just want to highlight first um, that doesn't have anything to do with education per se is a new fitness track. Mm -hmm. And I think, Janice, you've agreed to be involved in some of that. That's right. Yes. Come to my morning workout. Yeah. Come so to, Come to IMFH just for the workout. Right. So there's <laughs> going to be the whole regular, you know, panoply of workshops and immersive courses and, and research uh, that's being displayed and reviewed and, and highlighted. But in the middle of all that, you'll be able to take a break and keep your fitness up together and, and uh, be mindful of, of your nutritional status. And it, I think that's just going to be fantastic. Roxanne, so our listeners can't see you right now, and you are completely channeling the whole LA <laughs> theme right now. I mean, she's got this awesome soldiers, fancy soldiers cap, and it's got like all these, it's just, you have it all on. It's, it's, Roxanne always looks great. So, so are there going to be are there going to be movie movie stars? Roxanne, Roxanne Gardner, she's the Jill Senko. I want to see Jordan movie, I want to see We're if I'm going to, if I'm going to Hollywood, L.A. I want to see movie stars. Which movie star, Dan? 
Uh, I don't know. I will personally. Well, actually, I can speak to that. Maybe Jill and Jordan can chime in because uh, our plenary speakers are going to feature some really cool folks. And the opening um, plenary speaker, in fact, is uh, a member of the Hollywood community because Jamie Heineman is best known for engineering the series Mythbusters. Mythbusters. My my kids watch that. So cool. So I can guarantee you are going to see a Hollywood star. In fact, I, I think you're going to be interviewing on Uh-oh. stage. <laughs> Did we not ask you that already? Uh-oh. Up close and personal. You did. You did. So if I could talk about a couple of things that I'm particularly excited about. So I'm really excited about the plenary speakers. Uh, so I think we're going to have a great opening. We did some creative things with moving the plenaries around and changing the format a little bit, but um, I'm really excited about the the stories and how they're going to pan out this year and how some of them are going to uh, get there. And the research committee started a uh, program called FIRES, which are uh, research projects that are, are completed and they'll be highlighted in small papers in the journal, but also maybe highlighted during IMSH. And I'm really excited for a program that the planning chairs, so that's not just us, but all the chairs of the tracks came up with, and there's going to be an escape room, which is really going to be exciting and fun. There's an escape room? Yeah, it's an immersive pre-con. Oh, that's fun. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, no. (laughs) So... uh... So I, I have been to an escape room once with my colleague, Janice Balaganis, my simulationista who dragged me to one of these things once, and we were trapped in a room together for an hour. It was it was hell. It uh, was fun! And uh, It was Jan- fun watching Dan yeah, try to figure Janice, it out. Janice, Janice I just figured everything out, and I, I got nowhere. They had, to, they had to let us out. When we were in Nashville planning the conference back in July with all the uh, track chairs, we went to a escape room as all the track chairs, which was a great way to bond, but also gave us the idea of how can we leverage this idea of an escape room uh, for educational purposes and collaboration, teamwork, communication. So that's sort of where the idea was born out of. It's fun. Yeah, and the track oh, and great. the track uh, committee leaders are the ones that have put this escape room immersive course together. Jill, you had mentioned the keynotes, and we heard about Jamie Heineman. What about the others? So Wes Moore will be speaking on Monday, and he has a really interesting story about his life and opportunities that he was afforded through education, and he. In his book called The Other Westmore, he chronicles his life juxtaposed with another person in his community with the same name and really this parallel life and name really is in contrast, right? So he got out of his community and really made something of himself. He's a White House fellow. He was a paratrooper and... He's a Rhodes Scholar. Yes. I mean, he really like had so many opportunities that came to him because his mother had the forethought to get him out of a situation that wasn't good in their community and send him uh, for a military education. And uh, there was another kid in his neighborhood with the same name, around the same age, and 
he didn't have as positive of a, a life and he wound up in jail. And so he just really talks about how fortunate he was to have this opportunity. So I think we can learn a lot from him and the value of education. And, um, cool. and our last speaker is Adam Stetzler and he is known Adam. as the rock and roll engineer and he is a dynamo speaker and he'll talk about his experiences with landing the Mars Rover and being a team oh. leader. So I think we have such amazing speakers. So, so I have a, a, a difficult, serious question for you all. Um, I'm often thinking about what is the what is the really most stressful issue that people in the simulation community are dealing with currently, and and you know so that's kind of jumped around as the you know as simulation has evolved, and and so what do you guys think is the thing that people are really struggling with? That want it, they want to come to this meeting to get answers to, and then how do you think they're going to be able to get those answers? So the thing that came to mind, the first thing, is is that it does change, just like you said, it does change. I think from maybe not year by year, but certainly over the years, the the focus changes, and I think one struggle that I see a lot is. Um, Proving that it works, that it makes a difference, that it's worth investing in. So whether it's uh, proving your dean or proving to your participants that this makes a difference, uh, proving financially that this is worthwhile making an investment in, I think that that to me has I see that as an as a current theme. So Dan, you ask an interesting question and something that I've thought of a lot. And so as I've watched simulation change over the years that I've been involved in it, one of the things that I'm noticing is that simulation centers are getting bigger and they're doing more sim. And where we used to have programs that were primarily overhead, that isn't the case anymore. And so these simulation centers are not just tasked with education. They're also tasked with being mini businesses within businesses. And so understanding the value proposition of a simulation program is, I think it's changing. I think we're in a, in a place where we're sort of at the apex and we have to figure out how to work from there. And so we've worked hard in bringing programming around return on an investment, how to become a profit center. A lot of the education that administrators need, the behind-the-scenes kind of people that make simulation centers run. And so I think that if people are seeking more information in that vein, that um, there'll be opportunities for them to learn and network with other people about that. Looking at it from the technology okay. side, if, uh, again, being you know one of the elder state, statesmen as far as the SSH is concerned, um, when we started, we had three or four different mannequins, uh, and then we got down to the discussion about what, how much reality do you really need? And over the last several years, they started looking at virtual reality and all of that ilk with Google Glasses and all of those types of things. And I can 
understand that a lot of people may be coming to this meeting trying to understand what can their center do or how much do we have to be at the cutting edge and so forth. And one of the things I think they're going to find is that there's going to be enough of um, the very different forms of technology at this meeting that they'll be able to get uh, a pretty good feeling of what is current, what is coming up, and where they should be uh, in the simulation, um, you know, in the whole simulation grouping that um, will give them the opportunity to give their uh, students the, uh, the best type of learning. Jordan, uh, quickly, what is your, what are you most excited about? Um, I think probably just that, you know, we, uh, again, my life is the technology of simulation. And uh, every year that I come to the, to the meeting, uh, I learn something new. Uh, looking at um, the individuals that may be coming to this meeting, the folks that uh, on the technical side that maybe have only been in the uh, simulation side of things for a few months or a few years. Um, and they're wondering, I would think, you know, where should I go and, and what what my future is going to look like? And again, I think that this, this year's meeting is going to have more technology side presentations and so forth than, uh, than we have in the past two or three different years. So um, I'm very, very pleased about that. And uh, also, I believe that the individuals that are going to be coming are... Um, going to get a, uh, a feel for the, the future of simulation. So Janice, um, you know, as, as you know, I'm, uh, I'm getting very, very old. And so I've been to IMSH many times. I've been to so many workshops. I have nightmares about them in my sleep. What I'm really looking forward to is uh, sitting around with my friends uh, at the meeting and networking. So I'm wondering with these three characters, if I, if I buy you a glass of champagne, will you sit at the bar with me? Oh, whiskey. Whiskey. Most definitely. Even what about, th you said three, what about? And you, Janice, but are you old enough to drink? They do check IDs. <laughs> well, Jill is 20. She's not That's old right. enough. That's so right. I think it's just you and me and George. Yeah, you'll, have to, so. you'll have to buy for us. Be, we'll be careful of sitting at the bar with Roxanne. I can remember, well, actually, we both can remember uh, at one of the meetings where we sat at the bar until about 2.30 in the morning. And um, I could barely get up and walk back to my room at that point. That, all right. So all of you going to IMSH 2018, meet us at the bar. We will we'll be, be there. there. The we'll Simulationista Bar. Yes. We'll right there. So. All right. Thank you, Jill, Jordan, Roxanne, for joining us. Awesome. Thank you. Appreciate it very much. Take care, guys. See you soon. DJ Simulationistas, sup, is brought to you by the Center for Medical Simulation. Find out more about CMS and learn about our simulation instructor training and course offerings at www.harvardmedsim.org. Thanks so much for listening, and we'll see you next time.